Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. I just got back into town about an hour or so from D.C. I slipped up there for about a day and a half, two days. I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, what national leaders are talking about, some things that we're doing, and, and really uh, some good information and some good time I got to spend with some uh, colleagues of mine in the pro-life movement at the state level and across the country. So got real energized by that and got to go to the Museum of the Bible. If you haven't been to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., it's absolutely extraordinary. I'll talk about that later in the show, but we have a great guest today. So I want to get right to that. Um, you know, we had a great event over the weekend. A lot happened last week. All right. Some good things to cover, but I'm excited to have our good friend Mark Davis back on the show. You know, I, I we had him on a, two or three weeks ago. I've been on his show. We've been connecting a little bit more, and I really appreciate it. You know, as we continue to do the work we do, developing new relationships and finding those connection points is so key. And Mark Davis is certainly no stranger. He's probably one of the most well-known talk show hosts, uh, conservative talk show hosts for sure in the state of Texas, if not the country. And his hour, his hours, I believe six to nine or six to 10 in the morning, I'll let him go through some of those details in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and probably beyond that are probably one of the most listened to shows in that time slot. So Mark, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you. It's an absolute joy. And for those keeping track, it's seven to 10 central time in DFW. Seven to 10. Thank you. AM at 660amtheanswer.com podcast. Listen online whenever you want. I'm there. Yeah, no, listen. And I, I listen to these shows a lot too, to get tips, to learn, to, you know, learn from people that have been doing it for a long time. You know, we're doing this show once a week. You're there every day. And there's a lot of stuff that happened last week, though. You know, it's just fascinating. And I got to catch a little bit of your commentary. You know, we had our two-day policy event. So it's not like I looked at a whole lot during those two days. But when I got home and over the weekend, I was sort of catching up because we had a lot of things happen at the state level. Okay, we had the conclusion of the Paxson impeachment trial. We have a lot of announcements coming from the governor's office that the special session is coming up soon. Um, we had some presidential stuff um, that came into play, some different uh, different stories related to that. And, you know, really a lot of focus on where we're moving as a state and when it relates to politics and policy now that the legislative session is over and really put to bed. And there's a lot of positioning, if you will. That's how I see it going on to who's going to be the leaders, what are we going to focus on, and really people tightening up saying, listen, we're serious about the values that we care about. And so I'm sure you covered that a lot. I know you... um you cover a lot of this issue on your show. Let's start there and then we'll sort of move forward with the timeline, which is the Paxson impeachment trial is over. I know you had the lieutenant governor on your show either yesterday or Monday. Um, as we move forward from that and sort of, you know, put the bookend on that, what are some reflections that you had on that issue? The impeachment struck everybody through uh, political or personal eyes, unlike Donald Trump, who is being pursued purely politically by Democrats and Republicans who hate him, there is indeed a storyline with Ken Paxton that involves liberals and moderate Republican squishes who don't like him politically. But the weirdness of all of those members of the House, some actual pretty conservative members of the House who voted to impeach, and, uh, and, and Kelly Hancock and Bob Nichols, Bob Nichols is a liberal Republican from Jacksonville, Texas, but Kelly Hancock, who I've loved for years, what got in, in his head? Uh, these folks have some explaining to do, and I'm willing to completely give latitude to those who see things in a somewhat different way than I have. 
but purely, literally, objectively, as a Ken Paxton friend and supporter and conservative and all those things, I said, I'm going to let this trial come to me. I'm going to look at the evidence at face value. And every once in a while, there'll be a leader I love, a friend of mine, a conservative I admire, who'll do something so terrible that I've just got to say, wow, I am out. It did not happen. The evidence did not rise to the level of reversing an election, of, of kicking a guy out who had so recently been reinstalled by 4.2 million Texans. So now in the aftermath, to finally get to your question, in the aftermath, there are a lot of narratives about the establishment versus the grassroots and the real conservatives versus the Austin uh, swamp. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. It might be a, a little bit of an oversimplification and not, a, and it's not a total bright line between the two. But I think that there's a Dade Phelan way of running things and, uh, and a Texas values way of running things and a defend Texas liberty way of running things. There's a Dan Patrick way of running things and a moderate way of running things. And those are bright lines that are being drawn. And it'll be interesting to see the winners and the losers. Some people dread that civil war. Maybe an unfortunate term. I say bring it. It's time for real conservatives to step up and say, we have, we have got to assert ourselves on the values issues that you know about, on border issues, and on a bunch of other issues as well. Well, look, and there was quite the process in the Senate. You know, I do think there's uh, there's good reason and it's fair to distinguish that between what you saw in the House you know, look, I mean, Dan Patrick and Dade Phelan have had their differences. Um, and some of that's played out in, in somewhat of a comical way, right? What was the, you know, the picture of Dade Phelan with his surfboard and his t-shirt off and, you know, Patrick kind of quipped something back at him and they had a little bit of fun with it. But some of these are serious issues, right? School choice is a big issue, you know, how the Senate feels about it, how the House. And so I'm hoping we'll move forward to get to the substance of some of these issues. But we saw some of those dynamics sort of flare up a little bit more, if you will, between those two leaders with the Paxson impeachment trial. But the process was gone through, however people feel about it one way or another. And, you know, the public got to hear a lot of that information as well. And now we have a result, right? And so, you know, my view on this too was, the Senate members, they're the ones that are going to stay there. Let them figure it out. Decide what to do when it's over. Let's move forward because, you know, we've got the ACLU that are filing lawsuits against our new laws. And that's the attorney general's office responsibility. And the folks that are there, including Angela Colmanero, people that have filled in during this time are doing a great job. But you want to have the continued focus on that. And so, you know, those are some things that I look at moving forward. But Angela Paxton, I think, is really interesting in this dynamic. Uh, a lot of attention on her, even though you haven't heard her say a lot. And she spoke at our policy event over the weekend. And it was interesting to hear about her talk about how difficult in some ways it was to not have a vote. But obviously, this was a personal issue as well as a professional issue. But she had a duty to her voters. And she talked about finding strength in that quietness, in the silence, and not being able to vote and what that felt like to be on that floor. But, you know, she still had a presence, whether she voted or not, whether she said anything or not. She was a huge focal point, and I don't think she could have handled the issue any better. And so when she came to our event that afternoon, literally, she came from the Texas Capitol straight to our event. She was slotted to speak, so it didn't just happen um, because of the circumstances. But it was great for her to do that. And she shared her heart 
You know, I mean, she just continues to, I think, show leadership that not that it's a surprise, but that, you know, in some very difficult circumstances. And so I think she comes out of this, you know, really with, um, you know, probably a lot more focus on her, but a lot more respect and admiration. Her grace and mercy and poise are inspiring yeah. and telling that that drove some people crazy. The people who wanted to <laughs> back head on a spike, said, I can't believe that she's, you know, uh, that she's this tolerant of him, et cetera, et cetera. This, this is what redemption is about. And, and honestly, not to, you know, dwell forever in the whole whistleblowers thing, but these folks, I think, were kind of personally deeply wounded by some of the actions of 2018, shall we say, yeah. and they couldn't let it go. I mean, Angela has found a way in her heart to forgive and show grace and mercy and redemption, a capacity that did not exist, apparently, in some of Ken's underlings who were just uh, hell-bent to take him down, and that did not work out well for them. Well, and you know, look, I know some of those people that worked in the attorney general's office, and I think they, they're they some of the best, and some of those Absolutely. people knew him for quite quite a long time, right? So I did empathize with how, much, how difficult it might have been for them to go through some of this when it happened and try to sort it out. But wherever, you know, people are, I think my view is, you know, it's all been heard. Okay. There is a process. And so now let's get back to, you know, to focusing on and not get back to, I'm not trying to downplay the significance of it, but a focus on some of the issues that are before us, right? Uh, one of the persons that spoke at our event was Governor uh, Greg Abbott's senior advisor, Steve Munisteri. All right. Talking about when are we going to have this special session on school choice? You know, are we going to see the Senate and the House still kind of with this tension? And I hope not. I mean, I would predict not, but I hope not, because we got a great opportunity, particularly with a governor who is so focused and committed to the school choice issue. I mean, how do you see it playing out? Well, I think it's clear. It's always been a bit of a mystery to me about, legis about Republican legislators who do not see the wisdom of this. I know it has a lot to do with economics, and a lot of these smaller rural ISDs are a little hesitant about how the whole school choice thing will affect their funding. But I believe there are absolutely ways to navigate this so that a marketplace in a conservative state like Texas can provide for well-funded school districts that are sanely run while people are able in the citizenry to have an education system that funds students and not systems. It's about families and about personal choice and not about educrats and bureaucracy. I believe what I've just described is a 75% view in the state of Texas. And so no, look, really yeah, you got Republicans no not and Republicans and Democrats that'll come together on this. I think no. you mentioned something about this on social media. I saw the governor talking about it right here in central Texas, if you will, Leander ISD, which is a suburb of Austin, northwest of Austin, very close to where I live. And a lot of folks that work at the Capitol, and I know, and, and it's sort of conservative. I mean, much more conservative than Austin, but, you know, things have changed a little bit out there. There was a story that came out, and I think it came from last week and trickled into this week, that Leander ISD was refusing to allow uh, copies of the Constitution to be handed out. This is Celebrate Freedom Week. This is a part of state law. So uh, the, it, it appears they either backtracked or whatever the case may be. They ended up allowing them to be handed out. The governor heard about it. He was tweeting about it. Then Leander ISD said, oh, no, that's not what happened. My view is the school needs to be focusing on education. State law says you need to be teaching it. It should never have been questioned to begin with, right? And so these are just some of the reasons that are stacking up that people are asking for that educational freedom and that parental choice. 
and, we, and we find ourselves in a situation, and this is why the work that Texas Values does is so incredibly valuable. We find ourselves at a time where, the, where distributing the Constitution is viewed as taking one side of a political debate. The American flag is viewed as taking one side. Shouldn't the flag in the Constitution kind of be for everybody? And if indeed it's only the conservatives and only the Republicans who value the Constitution, maybe that's an opportunity for people to look in the mirror and see where that impression came from. In the meantime, it's our founding document. And of course, it is something that should be distributed in every school system. Well, and the significance of it, even if you, you know, have some of these political feelings, which I think are absurd, right? But, you know, people have the freedom to believe how they're going to believe. The the significance of it, of a legal document, there is no doubt, is still a part of our functioning government, a part of our law and policy. And it's one of the longest running constitutions for a country ever, right? And so you think about for kids from an educational purpose, right? To know that, to appreciate it, to study it. And so, look, I've got my little In God We Trust um, Arctic Tumblr here. These are some some, uh, things we had um, at our event over the weekend, some little goodies, some merchandise, Texas Values logo on the other side. I mean, when do these things become controversial? But if we don't fight to make sure that we can continue to do these things and talk about these things, um, there's going to be more concerns. And the fact that it's playing out in public schools and we see more interest in educational choice and parental freedom, it's parents that have had enough. Now, look, there's not going to be a mass exodus. You're going to have some parents that are going to decide my kid's better to go here or my kid's better to stay here. But the the you know the uh, um the debate shouldn't be this difficult for them to feel like they've got to choose those things these are government schools if we can't put american flag up in a government school but you're going to see a you know a rainbow pride flag we have lost our way and so i think this allows parents to be more empowered and i think that's what the education lobbies and you know they're concerned about they're not i mean they're somewhat concerned about losing the control of overall of the education system but a lot of it is because you know, I don't know, over 90 percent of those education organizations give give to Democrats. They're worried about losing political power. Precisely right. And they're also concerned on that. You know, when did the Constitution become one sided? We've seen the cost of constitutional illiteracy because we have done such a terrible job of actually teaching our kids civics and basic principles of government and what the Constitution right says, we've had millions of people, we had, thank God, past tense, we had millions of people who for 50 years thought that Roe v. Wade was fine. That, that and, and I always said, I spent years and years and years on talk shows saying, I don't want Roe v. Wade overturned because I'm pro-life. I'm happy about it because I'm pro-life. But the logical reason for overturning Roe v. Wade is because it's unconstitutional. There is no right to abortion in the Constitution. Right factual matter. And if you're constitutionally illiterate, you think, well, if I feel passionately about something, it's constitutional. And if I don't, then it's not. And we got to teach kids better than that. Oh, they've got to have an understanding of it. There is no doubt we're going to we're going to lose that. And that's what some people fear. They fear the kids, the young people being smart enough to not be hoodwinked and to be pushing back. There's a, a story I think is coming out of Pennsylvania that the students, the high school students had a walkout because the school was forcing them to have a policy where they had boys and girls bathrooms. I mean, you're seeing students more and more be empowered. And some of those people that were involved in coming up with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution were very young themselves. 
These kids are smart. They can figure it out. And I think that's that's America right there, right? Knowing what your founding documents are and then exercising those rights and start being a leader. We do need young people to step up on these issues because um, they're right in front of them, right? And I think that it helps push back against some of this um, you know, authority that's lost its way, not to mention the negative impact it's having on education. We're talking with Mark Davis. He has a daily uh, radio show and is one of the most well-known talk show hosts, if not one of the most well-known conservative talk show hosts in Texas, if not the country. His show is on 7 to 10 a.m. on 660, The Answer, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's podcasted. You can hear him in a lot of different places. So we're moving forward towards a possible special session, Mark, in October, getting close to some elections. Um, I know that DeSantis is coming to Texas this week, I believe, or is it next week? That was a little bit of a story. You know, look, the life issue, we're talking about Roe versus Wade being overturned, and I was meeting with some people in D.C. on this. You know, it was a it was a ballot issue, if you will, not ballot. It was on the ballot with, with Abbott versus Beto in November, but it's going to be on the ballot in November, excuse me, in March and uh, as well in the primaries and then in November. And it's kind of the big national test. I mean, you know, that we're going to see. But um, I think, it, you know, we're not done because Roe versus Wade was overturned on the pro-life issue. It now is state to state. The federal government can be involved. And so it's an opportunity for voters to, again, re-engage on this issue and say there's still more work to do. Exactly right. And there are a lot of questions to be asked. We went, we got put through one of those on a kind of a weird moment there in the Trump interview with Kristen Welker on Meet the Press, where he spoke ill of the DeSantis heartbeat bill, which made a lot of people go, whoa, I thought you were pro-life. And President Trump certainly is, you know, a, a broadly pro-life in certain ways. And I think that he kind of went after the heartbeat bill because DeSantis did it. And if DeSantis did it, it's got to be terrible. It's just the weird triangulations of the, uh, of the presidential election. But we as pro-lifers have to figure out if we're happy that Roe v. Wade is overturned and that's enough, or if now it's time to have a federal heartbeat bill or a federal 15 week or whatever we all decide we wanna do as a staunch pro-lifer, I am fine with a federal heartbeat bill. I know that we are nowhere close to 60 votes in the Senate, but that is something I'll fight for with the remainder of my days. And I've had people push back a little bit and say, yeah, Mark, uh, I thought you said constitutionally it should be left to the states. It should, if the constitution doesn't mention it, it is left to the states. But that doesn't mean that we can't suddenly say that we are going to be a country that protects life, have Congress take action on it, and that'll either rise or fall. And I would be happy if our candidates said that they favored it, even if they weren't promising it in their first term or something. Well, look, the right to life is a human right. I mean, whether you're in the womb or not, and I think the more that people understand that technology's evolved in a lot of ways, I think that's why you saw states adopting laws like Texas did, the heartbeat law. We heard this in the oral arguments of the Dobbs v. Jackson case, which was the case from Mississippi that overturned Roe versus Wade. You could hear the justices talking about that sort of acknowledging, you know, more of a comfort level to know more about the human child and for people to identify and connect with that and say, look, this is wrong, you know? And so, um, and, and certainly that the, the, the uh, Supreme Court, it's not their role to be deciding these issues. And so, but there's still work to do because every election you could see a change. I mean, one of the reasons why I think we have some of the we, pro-life laws we do in Texas is because of the election outcomes. People campaigned on it. Issue groups said it's a priority. And that was a part of them being elected or reelected. And then over time, cycle after cycle, you started to have a lot more members 
in the legislature that were willing to vote for it, willing to campaign on it and make it clear that it was a winning and it was an important issue. That's what I think we're going to need to see across the state, the country in every election, including the presidential, because the federal government can still um, decide the Congress can vote on these issues. It's not just at the state level. That's something Roger Severino brought up at our event over the weekend. You know, Mark, I really have been enjoying you and I getting to know each other better and communicating about these issues because you're right in the middle of it. I know your listeners appreciate it as well. What else will you want to tell folks about um, what they can hear, when they can hear you, and, you know, why your show is so successful? <laughs> well, you're, my, what a challenging and sharp question. You're so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so to, first of all, quick plug tomorrow is it's the 20th, right? Uh, people are watching live tomorrow on the 21st. Uh, Ken Paxton himself will join us at 9.05. Boy, oh, that's going to be big. What it was all, what it's all been like for him. But by and large, if you, people are unfamiliar with the show I do, I come at them with the very conservative views that I hold and then invite people to agree, disagree. I'm very proud of liberal listeners. There are people who listen to me who think I'm crazy about everything and they tell me so. And in an atmosphere of goodwill and tolerance, we, we hash it out and listeners can drive around and determine who they think is right. It's the kind of way I, I wish life were. It's the kind of show I want to do. And you can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever, at Mark Davis. And the show is at 660amtheanswer.com. And I'm very, very grateful. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh when uh, when I was in the, you know, truck or van with my dad when I was helping him out with his work he was part of his job was to drive around and deliver different things and so um but now it's your voice right I mean you're you know in many ways replacing that if you will and I think you're doing a great job and I'm uh really appreciating getting to have these conversations Mark Davis has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report thanks Mark thank you well, listen, I mean, we could have been we could have filled up an hour. That's what I love about a guy like Mark is he knows what's going on. Any issue we I bring up and talk about that's current, he's already chewed it up in a lot of ways. He's following everything that's newsworthy on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. I mentioned I, I was in DC and you can see some of these products. We just put these out at our Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum over the weekend. That's got in God We Trust on one side, our logo on the other. You see these beautiful baseball caps with the God Bless Texas little badge and stamp uh, patch on the front. We got a red one. We got a blue one. I love merchandise. You know, it's fun. I, I mean, my daughter actually likes our hats. We've had hats before that didn't do too well. And she was like, Dad. So, you know, if a 13-year-old thinks it's fashionable to wear the Texas Values God Bless Texas hat, is going to work for you too. Go to our website. We'll put them up. You want to get one, uh, let us know. Send in a donation. We had an absolutely extraordinary event. And I haven't even had a lot of time to reflect because I was out the door on Monday going to D.C. But um, I mentioned, I mean, one of the moments that I won't forget and many people won't forget is when Angela Paxton got on the stage and talked about the whole situation that was playing out the past couple of weeks. But she was on that panel because she's been a leader on our issues and she's worked very closely with our organization. So we were delighted to give her that opportunity and that platform to share her heart and share her faith in so many ways. If you missed the event, if you missed the live stream, I don't know how you missed it. Okay. Everybody was talking about it. All right. We had a lot of media there. We did some new stuff. We had the media row. We did live interviews on site. We did sort of a remote version of our studio, this in-house studio. We took a lot of those pieces over there. One of them didn't survive, but that's okay. Um, you know, it was worth it, right? And so check our social media. We have a lot of little pieces of it that we're putting up. So you can see that a lot of great dialogue, a lot of information about where we are and testimonials from people like Chloe Cole, who went through a gender transition almost completely 
and then stopped and said, this isn't a good idea. I'll tell you what, I almost lost it in the interview I had with her when she started talking about the circumstances that she went through and she was coming to terms with what she was losing and what she was she would be losing going forward. The brave, bravery, the courage, uh, the maturity for a teenage girl, 18, I think she's 19 now, to talk about it. I mean, that those are tough things to deal with. I mean, young ladies, you you don't often see it where they're going to be that sort of open and vulnerable, if you will. But it helps people understand the importance of this issue. Paula Scanlon talking about having to be quiet in the locker room because Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, was getting all the attention and they didn't want any of the girls to push back or say how they really felt about it. Those things are wrong. Talking about girls that were changing in a broom closet because they were not having their rights and their concerns acknowledged, but they didn't want to shake things up and they wanted to continue to do what they were doing on the swim team. And so that is why we have events like these. We want people to understand the depth of it, the personal nature of it, the seriousness of it, right? Those testimonials allow people to understand these issues affect real people's lives. And laws and policies do not sell, uh, excuse me, do not solve everything, but they go a long way to put a standard in place and say, this is okay and this is not okay, right? But we, I, I mean, the, the speakers were just absolutely outstanding, all right? Roger Severino from Heritage Foundation, shout out to my good friend, Kevin Roberts, for loaning him to us for a, a day or so. Um, Aaron Getz from March for Life, okay? What's going on with a pro-life movement? Do we, have a, do we need to have a march anymore? Roe versus Wade was overturned. You better believe we do. If you haven't been to the March for Life in DC, it is a life changer, all right? It is something you will never forget. It has got to be one of the biggest marches that they have every year in Washington, D.C. But my good friend, Jessica Hart Steinman, Sam Brownback, former governor of Kansas. He was in the Senate. He was the religious freedom ambassador for Trump. He spoke at our dinner, a private dinner we had on Friday night, and I got to introduce him. And I mean... <laughs> You know, the work that he has done for so long is outstanding. It, it is hard to match that. And he's still out there fighting for religious freedom, talking to us about what's going on in other countries and how we need to be safeguarding our religious freedoms here in the United States. But some of the conflicts that are still playing out. Coach Kennedy won his case at the U.S. Supreme Court to take a knee and pray at the end of the game, and they could not have been ruder and more cold shoulder to him. He resigned. I mean, the guy was there a week or two. They wouldn't let him have a locker. I don't think they would allow him to come to some meetings as, as part of one of the coach. I mean, the second-class citizen treatment he got was ridiculous. It was so overwhelming that a Marine, okay, because Coach Kennedy is a, is a U.S. Marine, he couldn't deal with it. He was like, you know what, I'm going to move on. And so, listen, a lot of wrap-up, a lot of highlights from our event, a lot to unpack. But we need to set the standard before we know where we're going forward with this ne next round of elections, where our country is headed, the special session. We covered all those issues, school choice, txvalues.org. Go to our website, check out the social media. If you're not convinced that this is an investment that you'll get a return on, I don't know what will. All right. But let me know and I'll make a better pitch to you. Go and make a donation now to txvalues.org. That's how together we'll protect faith, family and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.